Sometimes that first workout of spring training is a glorious day. Pitchers and catchers are there, wearing the uniforms, the ball popping into a catcher's mitt. And sometimes it is injury apocalypse. And that's what happened this time to the Orioles. We'll get to why coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Friday, February 16th, 2024, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are going to get to some of the crushing injury news that we got from Mike Elias on the first day of Orioles workouts in Sarasota on Thursday. Potentially a major injury to Kyle Bradish, a setback for John Means, and some bumps and bruises for Gunnar Henderson and Samuel Basayo as well. And we'll get to it all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers can join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. So this episode's not going to have the same cheery tone this podcast has had over the past few weeks. I mean, since John Angelos agreed to sell the team to David Rubenstein and the Orioles traded for Corbin Burns and we were getting closer and closer to pitchers and catchers reporting, it was a very fun time on this podcast. But I won't lie, always in the back of my mind was thinking, okay, we always get news when, you know, the first workout happens and Mike Elias speaks to, you know, the full media in Sarasota for the first time. And I even alluded to it on yesterday's episode. If you listen to the end of Thursday's show, I talked about, hey, we'll probably be back on Friday with some news from spring training because it always happens. Now, what we heard last year, if you remember, was Dylan Tate had some sort of forearm issue in the offseason. Felix Bautista didn't recover super well from his knee injury and might be slow to get back. And we heard that D.L. Hall had a back injury in the offseason. Now, the positive part of all that we heard last year was, hey, they should all be ready early in the season. And that was true to different levels. Bautista was ready by opening day. Hall had to go to AAA, but eventually was really good. Unfortunately, Dylan Tate, didn't pitch for the O's last year, but it was because of multiple other setbacks as well. So we got a similar, I'd say, number of injury updates from Mike Elias on Thursday, but the severity was much, much different. And the Orioles' starting rotation, which after the Corbin Burns trade looked like a top 10 rotation in baseball, we officially have to put that on hold once again. And even, you know, I did my rotation preview episode earlier this week. Make sure to go and check that one out on Tuesday. Some of that's not up to date anymore because of the news we got Thursday. And the big news was about Kyle Bradish and John Means. The short of it all is neither will be ready, most likely, on opening day for the Orioles. And both seemingly were slotted into two of the O's five rotation spots. And let's start with Kyle Bradish because the news... Much, much worse on him. Mike Elias announced to the media on Thursday morning that Bradish has a UCL sprain. If you're unfamiliar with the UCL, ulnar collateral ligament in your elbow, that is the injury that when something happens to it, nine times out of ten, it causes a pitcher to get Tommy John surgery. And that is the 
injury and surgery that leaves pitchers out for at least a year every time they get it. We know what happens. Just happened to John Means. Felix Bautista going through it right now. We could be adding Kyle Bradish to the list. Now, Elias did say he felt the injury when he first started his throwing program. He started to throw in January, and that is when he felt the injury. So the O's are already ahead of it. It's already been a month since this happened. And the Orioles did not decide right away that, okay, he's going to need Tommy John surgery, which is at least positive step number one that it's been a month now. And Bradish is physically at camp. He was doing like the running drills and the fielding drills, but wasn't throwing. So at the very least, that's a, a slight positive for the Orioles. Like he hasn't gotten any kind of surgery yet. He got a platelet-rich plasma injection, which is known as a PRP injection. And that's how I'll be referring to it from here on out in the episode, and that's something that a lot of pitchers do when they have a more minor UCL injury. So the good thing is, it's being called a sprain. Now, a UCL sprain, most of the time, is still technically a tear, and again, I'm not a doctor, but generally, it's just a much smaller tear. It's not anything close to, like, a full tear of your UCL. Just think of it as, eh, you got a UCL right here, and there's just a, a little rip, right? Just like, a, like a little rip in your pair of jeans right at the top of it. That's probably what's going on with his UCL right there. So he gets the injection basically to try and avoid surgery. And that is what the Orioles are trying to do right now, according to Michael Eyes. They're trying to avoid Tommy John surgery for Kyle Bradish. Another positive step here is that Bradish will try to throw again today. Here on Friday, he is scheduled to start a throwing program once again. So they basically shut him down for a month, gave him the injection, and now it's restart time, which is nice, right? right? We're going to get some answers here probably in the next week or so. So with the injection combined with the restart of throwing, basically where we are right now is let's see how Bradish's elbow responds to the PRP injection and then to throwing again off a mountain, presumably. And you kind of just have to go from there. Now, it has been known to happen in the past, and Elias talked about this, and it is true that pitchers who have had these more minor tears in the UCL have gotten these PRP injections and have actually been able to avoid Tommy John surgery. It, it has certainly happened before and it will happen again. However, it is not the most common thing that happens. Now, I read through some of actually kind of a medical journal entry that was from 2021 that kind of talked about this. It was a study, it was in the NIH archives, and it showed that the PRP injection is effective on pitchers if you have what they call a type 1, 2, or 3 UCL strain, which is the more minor of those tears in the UCL. However, on the flip side, they said if it ends up that you have a type 4 or type 5 or beyond type tear, the injection doesn't really do anything and you need the Tommy John surgery. And there have been guys, again, who have avoided. Tommy John. Aaron Nola is probably the biggest name that this happened to. He went on the injured list, and this has been a while, but went on the injured list in August of 2016 with a little bit of an elbow issue. Ended up getting the PRP injection. Now, he did miss the rest of the season, but if you're going on the IL in August, that's basically, essentially, he missed six weeks, and that was the end of the season. There was no way he was going to pitch again in 2016, but then he had the entire offseason to rehab. And he was a full go in spring training in 2017 and not quite sure at what point in that offseason was he a full go. Was it November? Was it January? Those are very different because we're looking at a beginning of the season instead of an end season injury with Kyle Bradish versus Nola. But he was a full go and he was really good when he came back in 2017 for the Phillies. And Nola still has not had to get Tommy John since then. So that is a good sign for the Orioles and a couple of other guys 
Irvin Santana and Anthony DiSclefani. DiSclefani's still in the big league, Santana no longer, but did a similar thing where they got that injection and they were able to avoid Tommy John surgery. DiSclefani was another spot where he had it happen more similar to Kyle Bradish. Spring training of 2017, Anthony DiSclefani, who is now, I believe he was with the Mariners at one point and then got traded again this offseason, but he had this happen in spring training of 2017. He got the injection, he went down for a while, and then he came back in July on a rehab assignment. So essentially, the goal was get him back in the big leagues in July or August. Unfortunately, he had tendonitis pop up in the elbow, but it was a separate injury, and the tendonitis kept coming back, and he eventually just sat out for the entirety of the 2017 season. Then he had other injuries, and DiSclefani didn't actually return until the middle of the, it was basically June of 2018 before he was pitching in the big leagues again. However, there were other injuries, and the reporting at the time when DiSclefani went on the rehab assignment in July after the spring training injury and the injection, and then he was shut down again, the reporting was that the UCL was actually looking good. It was intact. It was a separate arm injury, separate from the UCL, that put him back on the injured list and caused him to miss the rest of the season. So if we're looking at the DiSclefani timetable, which is more similar to what Bradish has done here, because again, same time of the injury, at least same time they're finding out about the injury in spring training, he was on rehab in July. Now, DiSclefani, it seemed like he kind of felt the injury while he was throwing in spring training. Bradish felt it all the way back in January, so maybe you can cut a month off of that. So even if the PRP injection works, I'm operating like best case scenario, Kyle Bradish is back in June. So we're talking about at the very least, he's missing two months here. Now, again, that's not what's officially going to happen. He could be back sooner. If the throwing program he starts today goes well, he's not going to be ready for opening day. Mike Elias said that. He is going to start the season on the injured list. Maybe it's a month. Maybe it's May that he returns to the Orioles rotation. That would be great. But here's where I come in on this. It is definitely a good sign that they chose the injection route, that he's already going to start throwing again on Friday, and that seemingly they're calling it a sprain and not a full tear or anything of the UCL, and the fact that they haven't said Tommy John surgery yet. But Michael Elias is not ready to commit to any any kind of timetable, and, and hopefully they think it's treatable, right? It's been done before. But there are so many other pitchers who have gotten the injections, and it just hasn't worked. And some of them has been because the tear was bigger, but... Shohei Otani a few years ago got the injection, didn't matter, got the surgery. Chris Sale a few years back, Zach Wheeler. This is what happened to Dylan Bundy when he was in the minor leagues or actually right after he had debuted with the Orioles back in the the 2013 era when he got Tommy John. They get the injection, it doesn't really help them. They just kind of delay the Tommy John process and end up getting the surgery anyway. And that is what worries me here. Because if Kyle Bradish does need Tommy John, in theory, if they had just said that in January. And again, I get not wanting to do it if you really think there's a chance he can just come back on the field without the surgery. But say he gets the surgery in January when they see the injury. Bradish could theoretically, if he had a really good rehab, be back on opening day of 2025 into the Orioles rotation if he gets January surgery. Now that you're pushing it back, and again, they're pushing it back because they think it might not require surgery. That's a great thing. But if this gets pushed back and he tries to rehab and he keeps trying to come back and then eventually it gets to, you know, June and they just say the rehab's not going well, we need the Tommy John, you lose two seasons. Because if you get the Tommy John, I mean, 
June, July, around then or later, you've already lost all of 2024 and you're most likely losing most, if not all of 2025 with your rehab at that point too. You do not want to lose Kyle Bradish for two full seasons, especially coming off the amazing year he had last year. 283 ERA, fourth in AL Cy Young voting. Like this dude is a stud and is just going to get better and better. And this injury is going to be a huge setback here. And it worries me a lot because even if he does avoid the Tommy John surgery, there's a chance that with the injections and with the rest you need and with the throwing program, that he still misses a good chunk maybe at best, misses a good chunk of this 2024 season. And Mike Elias said when he talked to the media Thursday, we expect Bradish to be pitching for us for a large part of this season, and that's all well and good, but they just don't know. Nobody knows at this point. The only thing that knows is Kyle Bradish's elbow, and we're going to find out once he starts throwing again today and into next week what the prognosis is going to be. Now, for me... I'm kind of at the point where there's been so few times where avoiding surgery has worked. I'm on team as soon as there's a tear in that UCL. If you've never had Tommy John before, just get it as soon as possible so you can do the rehab and get back on the mound as soon as possible. But I understand why the Orioles wouldn't want to do that. Bradish was amazing last year. With the Corbin Burns trade, they are clearly trying to win the World Series in 2024. And if they're going to do that, Bradish is going to be a huge part of that if they can get him back on the mound at some point this season. They don't want to lose this year from Kyle Bradish. I get it 100%, but it worries me a lot. And this is not to say this is what's going to happen, but after this news, here's how I'm operating mentally. And again, it could totally be a better outcome than this. How I'm operating mentally is that at the very least, we won't see Kyle Bradish pitching for the Orioles until after the All-Star break. That's just what I'm seeing in my mind because so many times these smaller UCL injuries turn into eventually getting Tommy John. And the worst case scenario is Bradish doesn't pitch for the Orioles again until 2026. That is a possibility here, depending on how long this gets waited out and waited out and waited out and if there's a bad conclusion at the end of all this waiting and the injections and the rehab. That's a possibility too. Again, there's a great possibility where he's back in May and he's all good, but just the chances of those things happening from what has happened to so many pitchers in Major League Baseball, I really, really, really do worry about this. And we will continue to cover this throughout the next few weeks on the podcast as he continues to throw. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but just when you see that UCL injury for a pitcher, for me at least, I know this happens for a lot of people, that is where your mind goes, that Tommy John is near, Tommy John is inevitable. I hope it's not the case, but the Orioles need to prepare like they're not going to have Kyle Bradish this season. And they're not going to have John Means for a little bit either. That was the one-two punch that the Orioles got on Thursday because the Bradish news was, was much, much worse. It was the worst we got all day. But there was also John Means news. Elias announcing that Means, after, remember, he came back from the Tommy John and the back injury in September, made those four good starts down the stretch, and was set to be in the Orioles' playoff rotation, then had the elbow flare up again. The doctor said it's best to just shut you down for the year. He didn't pitch in the postseason. It seems like it was a little bit bigger of an issue than we thought, and Elias called him, quote, about a month behind the other pitchers, in getting ready for opening day. Now, he didn't commit and say, yeah, Means is definitely, you know, starting the year on the IL. Didn't say anything like definitively he won't be ready for opening day. But a month behind the other pitchers tells me that I should assume Means will be ready to go May 1st instead of April 1st, essentially. That that is what 
that tells me. So the Orioles are most likely preparing to not have means on opening day as well. And this is not nearly as bad a prognosis as Bradish. This will happen to guys when they're coming back from Tommy John. It's hard to get that elbow all the way back. And there are the few cases where the elbow just never recovers fully from the Tommy John. And I hope that doesn't happen for John Means. It seems like more of a short-term thing at the beginning of the season, and then he'll be back at some point. But it's most likely at this point that Bradish and Means are both going to start the season on the injured list. Two of your five projected starters won't be with you when you come to Baltimore on the active roster to take on the Angels on opening day. So what do the Orioles do now with the rotation, and how does that impact the bullpen and the rest of the roster? We will get to that coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by Backblaze. Backblaze is unlimited cloud backup for Macs, PCs, and businesses for just $99 per year. You can protect all the data on your machines automatically. You can access that backed up data then from anywhere in the world using their web app on iOS or Android as well. Backblaze makes backing up and accessing your data astonishingly easy. And there's one year file retention and version history and over 55 billion files have been restored for customers. So visit backblaze.com slash locked on MLB so they know where you came from and continue to support the show. And you can receive a fully featured no risk free trial at backblaze.com slash locked on MLB. Go there, play with it and start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Start today at backblaze.com slash locked on MLB. So it's an Orioles injury news episode here on a Friday because we got a lot of bad news on Thursday from Mike Elias during the first workout from pitchers and catchers in Sarasota. Kyle Bradish has a UCL sprain. Doesn't mean it's going to be Tommy John yet. They're trying the injections. They're trying the rehab, but it could be some time that Bradish misses. He was set to be the number two starter, kind of the 1B to Corbin Burns' 1A as another ace potential guy in the Orioles rotation. That's not going to happen for a little while now. And John Means, also about a month behind the other pitchers, may not be ready for opening day either. So the O's could go into that first series against the Angels and beyond. And maybe, you know, at most it could be like that first month of April without these two guys. No Bradish, who I projected as their number two starter. No Means, who I projected as the Orioles' number four starter. They're both out of there. So what do they do now with the rotation? Well, first of all, good thing they got Corbin Burns. Could you imagine the Orioles fan base and myself right now if they had not added to the rotation at all this offseason? They hadn't gotten Corbin Burns, and then they had just lost Kyle Bradish maybe for an extended period of time without any depth behind it. It would have been a bad, bad place to be. So great job going and getting Corbin Burns. But with the Bradish injury and with the mean setback, here is my new projected opening day rotation. Corbin Burns on opening day. Grayson Rodriguez is your number two. Dean Kramer is your number three. And then those two guys who are going to be depth and make spot starts and stay with the team, they are now pushed back into the rotation to begin the year. Tyler Wells as the number four starter and Cole Irvin as the number five starter for the Orioles. Now, it's not terrible. Tyler Wells was the Orioles' best starter in the first half last season until things kind of fell apart for him and his body let him down. And Cole Irvin was good down the stretch for the O's last year and was really, really good in the two years prior with the Athletics before he was traded to Baltimore last offseason. So it's not a terrible four and five to have. 
But when you consider that Dean Kramer, who was going to be your five starter, is now your number three starter, even though Burns and Grayson Rodriguez is still a pretty good one too, that is where the rotation just concerns me so much more than it did two days ago, three days ago, when I did my rotation preview for the Orioles roster in spring training. So yes, those five, that's still okay. That is still a major league quality, a rotation that, if all things come together, can still get you to the playoffs. And the hope is that, you know, Bradish and Means will both come back and they won't have to rely on just these five guys all season. The issue is your early season depth is gone. It is vanquished. Wells and Irvin were going to be that perfect depth early in the year. They are not there. And if Bradish and Means are back in a couple of months, or if even Means comes back in May and Bradish comes back after the All-Star break, I think the Orioles are still okay. But if Kyle Bradish is gone for the year or more, and this does end in some sort of Tommy John surgery, I think the Orioles need to make a move here. They need to operate right now, and I said this already, like they are going to be without Kyle Bradish all season. That is how they need to operate if they want to be a team that can still win the World Series this year. Because the depth behind your top five, and again, that rotation is still okay, but as a baseball fan, you should know this. You never, ever, at this point in Major League Baseball, can make it through a season with just those five guys starting games for you. It always happens that other guys have to start games. It will continue to happen every single year as long as baseball goes on. And your depth right now is concerning. Now, there's some exciting prospects in Cade Povich and Chase McDermott and Justin Armbruster. All are non-roster invitees to big league camp this year, but none of them are on the 40-man roster. And quite frankly, McDermott's the only one of the three who's had like real success even in AAA at this point. I wouldn't put any of those three on the opening day roster as a starting pitcher. Even if they tore it up in spring training, I'm not sure any of the three are ready to be a starter in the O's rotation right now. At some point later in 2024, yeah, I could see it certainly happening for any of the three. But right now, I don't see it. They're just not ready yet, I don't think. And then your other two depth guys, really, are Bruce Zimmerman, who's been a starter for you before, but is not the same pitcher he was two years ago. And then Jonathan Heasley, who you brought over in a depth trade from the Royals earlier this offseason. And quite frankly, yeah, he could still be a starter, but I think if he has success with the O's, it's probably projecting more as a reliever. However, he does have that kitchen sink approach, and he could get through it. I just feel like you're not feeling great with that as your depth now. And that is why I just think you don't want to be in a spot early in the year where you have to turn to Bruce Zimmerman and Jonathan Heasley for multiple starts because one of these five remaining guys at the top also gets injured or has something happen. So who's still out there? Can the O's still add? Well, the Miami Herald, Barry Jackson and Craig Mish, did have a report on Thursday that you know the Marlins were talking to a lot of teams about Jesus Lazardo and that the Orioles, this was in the report, were the most aggressive team at points this offseason trying to acquire Lazardo from the Marlins. But... The Miami Marlins apparently wanted Samuel Basayo. They wanted Joey Ortiz and one more piece. And the Orioles did not want to give up Samuel Basayo. And so, at th- least at this point, they have balked at those offers. Now, those talks should still be ongoing, especially now. And even not just for Lazardo, for Edward Cabrera, for Trevor Rogers, for other pitchers in that Marlins rotation. But if they were at that point with the trade talks, I'm not sure it's going to happen. And at this point with Dylan Cease, I mean, it feels like that ship has sailed until at least the deadline on trying to trade for him. So you turn to free agency, and this is the other issue here. When is the sale 
from John Angelos to David Rubenstein going to be approved? Because at this point, Angelos is still the owner, still the control person. Sale hasn't gone through. He's not spending on anybody legitimate. Now, if two weeks from now, Rubenstein officially takes over, maybe he wants to make a big splash. And maybe if Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery are still free agents at that point, they're still free agents now, those would be amazing fits for the Orioles. Would they want big multi-year deals worth over $100 million? Yeah, they probably would. But I think both of their prices have gone down considering we're at February 16th and neither of those guys have been signed. Jordan Montgomery, the leader of the rotation that won the World Series last year, and Blake Snell, the winner of the NL Cy Young Award last year. It's mid-February, teams have reported the spring training, and neither of them have a team. That tells me the price is going to drop at some point here for them to sign. Something's going to happen to their market, and I think the Orioles should swoop in there. Even if they had Bradish in needs, getting Montgomery or Snell would be awesome and make the rotation better. Now that you don't have either at the beginning of the season, those would be great, but it seems a lot less likely for the Orioles. So if you're looking more at their price range, especially a still Angelos price range, Really, to me, you're looking at two guys. You're looking at Michael Lorenzen, who can be like a solid number five starter as a righty, can also easily move to the bullpen if you need him to. He's done it for six years of his career. Orioles already had interest in him this offseason. It would probably take like a one-year, $10 million deal to get Lorenzen in. And then the other one who could probably command a same similarly cheap contract is the veteran lefty Hunjin Ryu, who's been with the Blue Jays for the past couple of years, came back from Tommy John surgery last year and looked solid with kind of the soft-tossing, kitchen sink approach from the lefty. Now, he won't play nearly as well out of the bullpen if he's eventually moved there like Lorenzen would. Like, say you sign Lorenzen, he's your five-starter, then Means comes back in May, you just move Lorenzen to the bullpen, and he can still work out there. But... If you go with Ryu, I'm not sure how he really plays in the pen. I mean, he could be a long relief guy. Maybe he could cut him loose if you get everybody back. But I think he'd still be a good guy to have, at least at Oriole Park, with how he pitches and how the ballpark plays now. Those are kind of the two options. Everything out there, just not worth it. Not major league rotation quality at all. Of course, besides Snell and Montgomery. So maybe you could also try to reinforce the bullpen. Now, there's basically nothing in terms of relief help that is left in free agency, but you could try and swing a trade because remember, this doesn't only affect the rotation, this affects the bullpen. When you had everybody healthy, we were projecting Tyler Wells and Cole Irvin to both be in the Orioles' pen. Well, they've now been moved into the projected rotation, which means two spots are open. So you still have Craig Kimbrell and Yinyer Cano and Danny Coulomb and CNL Perez as your locks, but now your back four in the rotation is... Jacob Webb, we still don't know. Mike Bauman, we still don't know. Hopefully a healthy Dylan Tate. And a Keegan Aiken probably with a lot of questions. And then, you know, you could also maybe choose from a Nick Vespi, a Brian Baker, a Tucker Davidson, or a Bruce Zimmerman, or maybe a Jonathan Heasley. They would also all be in the mix for those final spots. But that's not nearly as strong a bullpen either. So maybe you swing a trade. Maybe you go after a Devin Williams. You talk to the Brewers again. Or maybe you get creative, right? You still have a lot of infielders. Jackson Holiday could be ready. Maybe this is the time to swing a Ramona Rios and Brian Baker for a solid middle reliever type trade. Doing that, upgrading your bullpen, getting a guy who would at least solidly be your fifth best reliever to improve the pen and not give up too much because Baker and Arias might not even have a spot on this opening day roster. And making sure you get somebody with some team control. Maybe that's something they could do. They're going to have to be pretty 
interesting here. They're going to have to move through some different avenues to get through this. And again, it could be fine. They could be only missing him for a month or two. It could also be bad with Kyle Bradish. I think if they're trying to win the World Series, they got to address this now. And again, we'll continue to talk about this throughout the next few weeks on the pod. Unfortunately, Means and Bradish, that wasn't it. We got a couple more pieces of injury news on Thursday, and we'll get to them coming up next quickly to finish off the pod. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by FanDuel. It's NBA season. It is basketball season now. They are into the thick of it on the hardwood. You can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 just if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to shoot your shot with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. So two final pieces of Orioles injury news to get to here at the end of a Friday pod. One is Gunnar Henderson. And I know after hearing me say that Kyle Bradish and John Means have these injuries, you can't even fathom Gunnar Henderson missing some time. Now, he has a bit of an oblique issue, which is going to give him a bit of a late start into playing in spring training games. But fear not, Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde both said on Thursday they are not worried at all about this oblique issue, that they expect Henderson to be ready for opening day so you can take a deep breath there. Now, it's something to know when he's not in those first few spring training lineups, and it's something to monitor just in case it would get worse. And it's good to know that he did have a little bit of this similar issue in 2023 and missed a, a game or two here or there throughout the season. I think it popped up two different times last year. So it's, it's good to know it's a little bit recurring for him, and oblique injuries can be really tough to come back from, but it seems very minor. They don't expect IL time. They expect him to be ready for opening day. Deep breath there. Then they hit you with the Samuel Basayo. Orioles number two prospect. Fangraphs prospect top 100 came out on Thursday. Jackson Holiday number one. Eric Loggenhagen is the high man on Samuel Basayo. He had him number seven prospect in baseball. And he's got an injury too. He's got a stress fracture in his right elbow, his throwing elbow. Michael Elias said he will still catch bullpens throughout spring training. And he will still DH in spring training games, which is good to see. The injury isn't too severe where he can't swing from the left side. Their target is he begins to throw as a catcher in April, and then hopefully by May, he's pretty much all good, you would think. So it's a possibility that he actually does start the season on the Bowie roster and just DHs and catches bullpens for a while, and then maybe by May, he can get back behind the dish. So again, the Henderson and Basayo news, not nearly as bad as Means or especially Bradish, but it's good to know because again, the hits just kept coming on Thursday. And that is what can happen when your GM finally talks after an offseason at the first day of spring training. He reveals some injuries, and it can be tough to take all at once, but that is what happened to the Orioles Thursday. But the good thing about this Orioles team, they've got a lot of depth. They've got some of the best depth in Major League Baseball. Now, maybe not on the pitching side, but overall, they have depth. And they will figure out a way to get through this. And maybe it is getting Blake Snell. That would be amazing. Maybe it is just adding Michael Lorenzen for the short haul. Maybe Bradish and Means will be back sooner than we think. And that would be great. But if you're a team trying to win the World Series, here's how I'll end it. You have to prepare for Kyle Bradish not pitching for you this year. And as unfortunate that is, especially for me, one of the biggest Kyle Bradish fans out there, I am heartbroken at this point that we may not get to watch him pitch for a year or more at this point. I mean, that sucks. But you got to push on because this is still a great roster that can still do a lot of great things this season. 
and hopefully they can address this issue as soon as possible. And Mike Elias did not rule out the fact that they could still potentially add some more pitching before we get to opening day. But that'll do it for the pod today. That'll do it for the pod this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Big week here as we are back to spring training. And again, we are, of course, back to five days a week. So we'll be back with you on Monday. Till then, make sure to leave a five-star rating and a review wherever you listen. And like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked on Orioles podcast on YouTube. If we get more injury news like this, if we get more news on Bradish, we'll be back with that on Monday. If not, we'll continue to preview the roster and take a look at that infield logjam when we return with Monday's episode. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.